welcome to Spawned, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today we are talking with author and journalist Rachel Miller about showing up for yourself and your friends, especially during COVID times. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. But first, let's tell you a little bit more about our guest. So Rachel Wilkerson Miller is the author of my new favorite book, The Art of Showing Up, How to Be There for Yourself and Your People, as well as Dot Journaling, A Practical Guide. She's also the deputy editor of Vice Life, which is how I was first introduced to her. And before that, she was a senior lifestyle editor at BuzzFeed for four years. And wow, Liz, her writing has been everywhere, right? She's in the New York Times, Huffington Post, Self. You probably have caught her appearances on NPR, Today Show, Good Morning America. Plus, she lives in Brooklyn, like me. So she's my people. I'm hoping (laughs) now that we can go out once in a while, maybe I'll bump into her on the street somewhere. (laughs) Welcome, Rachel. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. We're we're just saying the weather's nice. We are so happy right now. It feels amazing. It's sort of ridiculous how much nicer weather (laughs) and more daylight can make everyone feel better. Like, we're really that simple. Like we just need a little bit of sunlight and suddenly it's like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. It's so primal, right? It's like, mm-hmm. just like, give me that vitamin D, inject it right into me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> ready. So it's a good time to talk about friends. Yes. Because, this you is, know. Liz just saw an actual friend for the first time in many months. So this is very timely, right, Liz? I know, I'm going to cry. So a friend who lives in the neighborhood, I literally haven't seen a friend for months and months. And so she just called out of the blue and was like, hey, can you meet me on the corner? We could sit outside and get a coffee. And she turned the corner and I just sobbed. I just burst out into tears. And I think like, so like we're saying the combination of like things opening up and vaccines and the weather's getting better. It's all just converging and I feel so hopeful. So it's kind of a good time to talk about friends. Yes. And showing up, which is what the book is all about. So let's talk about the book because I feel like it came at such a pivotal moment. Like I feel like the pandemic really put friendships and showing up for ourselves and our friends under a microscope. Although I know like launching a book in a pandemic, that's a whole other show. (laughs) But (laughs) let's talk about, you know, what you've seen in terms of friendships. Because I know the book is really about showing up for yourself. You know, it's not just about friendships, but specifically friendships. Because I think, again, that's what a lot of people are talking about. How have you seen them? Maybe it's your own. Maybe it's observing others. How have they been affected this past year? You know, it's been really interesting to watch it unfold both in my own life and hearing from friends and just people on the internet talking about it. Because I think from the beginning of the pandemic, this was a topic of conversation. I mean, as soon as you're told you can't see your friends, basically, for the foreseeable future, everyone's sort of thinking, okay, how do I adapt this? How do we make this work? And so, you know, people jumped right in with Zoom and Google Hangouts right away, which was great. So there was sort of these new ways of thinking about connecting with friends, which was really great. But then there were also sort of the negative sides of it, people who are feeling lonely or left out because they live alone and they're feeling isolated or they weren't being invited to join in these sort of virtual hangouts or people who are feeling really frustrated with how their friends are acting during the pandemic. I mean, that's been an ongoing story that I've been keeping an eye on because, you know, it really expose the fault lines in some friendships Mm -hmm. or the way that people were more different than they had realized or that they had wanted to admit. And I think that got even more intense when we reached the summer and there were all these protests. And it was like, this was the year where you couldn't just necessarily agree to disagree or pretend that your friend's politics are different from your own. Like all of this stuff really boiled over. And so I think people are really taking a look at their friendships 
and themselves and really reflecting and thinking, okay, what do I want going forward? I love that. We were just talking about, actually, Kristen did this like brilliant Facebook Live this week about connecting with friends over shared interests and things and and how that's changed. And we had found this article about how without having activities to connect around, it makes it harder to maintain these friendships and know how to be there for each other. Like if it was your friend you always got a coffee with after dropping off the kids to school or if you had a friend who was always like your let's go to the theater with friend, you don't have those things anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like that's really taxed relationships too. I mean, not just politics, but it's made you really think about like who you're giving your time to, who you're giving your energy to, what you can handle right now and like how to connect with people. Yeah, definitely. I think there are a lot of those friendships that are rooted in, I don't want to say convenience because that makes it sound more negative than it is, but they are certainly helped by convenience or by those shared interests or activities. And when we have sort of so little time when everyone's stretched so thin and stuck at home, you can't do all those things anymore. And it doesn't mean that those friends weren't Mm. valuable to you or that you didn't mean anything to them. It just means that like, it was so easy to go get a coffee together and you're really fond of each other. But if you can only, you know, see one person a week right now, it might not be that coffee friend. And so I'm I'm actually curious how people are going to reconnect with those people and if there will be sort of hurt feelings or if everyone's going to understand, you know, it wasn't you, it was a pandemic. We just couldn't keep up with everyone all the time. It's too much. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just reading an article. I think there have been a couple actually, but the one that I saw recently was at bbc.com and it was this idea of how we actually need those acquaintances and casual friends. And you actually talk about, you talk about the deep shallow friend, Mm -hmm. which I love. I love that name and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But this idea that we actually need those sort of light, just run into you at the gym kind of friends. And those relationships are sort of gone on right now. And I love this idea of thinking about how we navigate that. Like, we're all thinking about how our kids are going to need to transition and adjust back to going to school and being around their friends. But really, we should be thinking about ourselves as well. Do you have any insight about how we can go about doing that? As I, I feel like I've said this like five times, the world is opening up, but like that, and then it, then it doesn't. <laughs> Keep saying but it. Like, you it can't is, say it you know, enough. There's vaccines. <laughs> it's happening. So any insight about how we can go about rekindling those or showing up for those relationships that we wouldn't consider deep, shallow? Yeah, that's a good question. And I I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm actually working on an article right now that I'm looking into sort of those conversations specifically, like what to talk about when we see people in person Mm -hmm. for the first time, particularly if they're people we weren't as close to or we're meeting for the first time in person because maybe they got hired to our workplace after the pandemic. So we've only ever met virtually. So I think that's something I'm still kind of figuring out. And I'm excited to talk to a friend who lives in Australia. Like they've opened up. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really curious what she's going to say about it. But the thing that I'm trying to put into practice for myself is like not planning to go too hard too soon. I think it's going to be really overwhelming. Like I haven't seen anyone this whole time. And so I'm excited to like go to the grocery store again and excited to see like one friend in the park because I didn't even do that last summer. So I think that even though it's going to be like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. I want to see all these people. I'm going to try to fight the urge and like take it like maybe it's just one hangout a week for the first month after a vaccine or something to Mm. that effect so that it's not like totally overwhelming because we're just not used to this. And I think we're not prepared necessarily for how tiring it's going to be or just how we're going to ease back into it. So I think taking it slow and seeing how you feel and to that end, I'm trying not to make too many plans in advance because I don't know how I'm going to feel. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to book a vacation for August or September because I'm like, will I be feeling that? Maybe I might be super excited and just dying to get out of the city and go somewhere with friends. But I'm also like, I might not know. So I'm going to, I'm just going to hold out longer. And if that means like I don't get the Airbnb, that might 
might be the case, but I think for me, I feel better like not feeling obligated to anything just mm. yet. I think that's very helpful yes. because I also have had some friends who are like, I'm planning a big birthday party for myself or I'm looking for an Airbnb. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I said to my boyfriend, once we have our vaccinations done, and which will be April, will be two weeks after, I said, maybe we can go to dinner somewhere inside somewhere. <laughs> like That's literally <laughs> the only thing I've thought about. And then I was like, shoot, should I should I be thinking about like throwing the party? Like, why am I not even thinking about that? So you helped me remind myself that like, it's okay. We're all going to be in really different places of socialization. And I mean, that kind of leads me to the premise of your book about showing up. I think we kind of throw that phrase around a lot, like showing up, showing up for yourself, showing up for other people. And you break it down really well. So can you just help describe the four parts of what it means to show up? So I think of it as four steps. The first one is noticing, which is simply observing something that's going on with you or with other people. These apply to both. So in yourself, it might be noticing that you're feeling really irritable, that you've been snapping at your family and you're just like, you're just noticing, huh, that didn't, that didn't come out right. I, I don't sound like I'm very happy or kind right now. So first is noticing. The second step is processing. So it's running it through the lens of everything you know about yourself, everything you've, you know, experienced in the past week or the past month. So in this case, it might be like, oh, this isn't the first time I've been irritable. I'm, I'm feeling this way every day at 3 p.m. or I'm feeling this way after I have a particular meeting, just kind of like connecting it to a bigger picture or to other patterns that you're noticing. The third step is naming, which I think is really important. Um, sometimes it's as simple as saying, I feel irritable. Sometimes it can be a lot deeper than that. Like, oh, I, I think I may be depressed. But I think at a really basic level, it's just giving name to the thing that you're noticing and experiencing or that you're seeing in somebody else because it's really validating. It makes it real. And that allows you to respond to it, which is the fourth step. And these steps can all happen really fast, kind of all at the same time. So the responding in this case might be, oh, I'm irritable because I'm not getting enough sleep. I need to start going to bed earlier. Or I am irritable because I'm not eating enough. I need to make sure I'm sitting down and having lunch. Or, you know, I'm irritable because it has something to do with the medication I'm on. I need to talk to my doctor about that. So like responding in some small way to make things better for yourself or if you're responding to another person to help them out. Oh, this is good. I need to put this on a chart. Liz, you need to put it on a chart. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. The responding part. You know, and you know, I like charts. Yes. This makes a lot of sense because sometimes I think about when I, I realize I've been like super grumpy and I have to stop and be like, what's going on? And like make myself stop and think about it. And you're giving me the names to help like identify those sequences. Mm -hmm. Noticing, processing, naming, responding. That makes a lot of sense. And it's actually helpful in relationships, right? Because when I'm able to say, hey, I'm sorry I've been grumpy. I just realized I'm getting my period and I'm feeling really awful and I don't mean to be snappy. I can't control it, but it will be over in a day. And like <laughs> Things are like a lot calmer. Well, this is also what we teach our kids too. And it's funny, I was just talking to my 12-year-old last night and we're dealing with a lot of PMS. I have three daughters, Rachel, so and mm. they like everybody's got a period mm -hmm. um, and it's seemingly at the same time. <laughs> um, so yeah, bad family planning on my part with that. But um, I was talking to her about noticing what's going on with you. And I actually have a list downstairs in my kitchen and it's like 15 things. And it's like, if you are about to give up, ask yourselves these questions. And it was like, have you eaten in the last two hours? Have you had mm. water? Did you get enough sleep last night? And it's sort of the same idea, right? And I was talking to her about this and it was mm -hmm. like asking yourself all of these things before you go the whole, like the world is over, right? And like, right. I, I'm giving up. Responding to those things that are happening, you know, I think that's just so helpful, not just for ourselves, but as parents, when we think about our kids too, talking about this with our kids. 
And I love this idea of showing up for yourself. Actually, like half-ish, I would say, of the book really is about that. And I want to know, you know, how important is it for you to know yourself so that you can then show up for other people. And I feel like this applies again. It applies to parenting. It applies to relationships. You know, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, our friend Christine Coe, who was talking about protective self-care and restorative self-care. Mm. And I feel like your discussion about showing up for yourself, I mean, it's funny. It's like, you know, go to the doctor. Like, it's not super, like, some of it's fun and sexy, but some of it's just like, girl, you need to go the OBGYN, right? Like, (laughs) so can you talk more about the importance of showing up for yourself and then how it relates to how you interact with others? I mean, my whole theory is you can't show up for other people if you're not showing up for yourself. And I think it starts with that really basic level. Like, if you're not getting enough sleep and if you're not eating regularly and you're not going to the doctor regularly, like, you're going to feel bad very quickly. And so you just, you aren't going to have the bandwidth to show up for other people. And like, I think a lot of people have heard the advice, like you have to put your oxygen mask on first. And they think that applies to other people and not them. But like, it really does apply to all of us. Like you just, you're not going to have it in you and you're going to burn out and you're going to get really frustrated with other people. I think it's, it's so easy to feel overextended or sort of put upon if you're showing up for other people and you're not taking care of yourself. And that might be because those other people are, you know, not listening to your your no or your boundaries or they're sort of ignoring that. But it might also be because you're not setting boundaries and you're not willing to and you're sort of letting them just run over those boundaries without even realizing it. So I think it's really important just at a practical level. But then I think it goes a bit deeper than that. And I think if we want to be kind and generous to other people, it's really hard to do that if you're not giving yourself that same generosity. So, you know, if somebody is irritable with you or, you know, flakes on you and you get really angry with them because you would never let yourself do that. And and it's like, okay, well, if you were a little bit more patient with yourself, would you understand where they were coming from and find it in you to give them a little grace? That's not to say that like you can't be frustrated with somebody for flaking on you. But I find that like in times like these, when everybody's watching what everyone else is doing and feeling very like on edge about it and stressed about it, because it's like, how are you wearing your mask? Are you wearing it right? Are you seeing people? Are you vaccinated? How are you getting vaccinated? Like that Mm -hmm. intensity, I think Mm -hmm. often comes from like, am I being soft with myself? Am I being kind to myself? And if you're not, it's just, it's so difficult to be soft and kind to other people. True. You know, it it really makes me think of, there's a book, I don't know if you've read it, by Angela Santomero, who we've had on the podcast. She's amazing. And it's called Radical Kindness, The Life-Changing mm. Power of Giving and Receiving. And she talks very much about what it is to be radically kind to yourself and how that connects. Mm. And I love that book. It's really helped me. And the, I see like a lot of overlap here and in like really good ways, like they complement each other really well. I'm thinking about how you're talking about you know, once you can be there for yourself, it's better to be there for your people. And I love, by the way, how you talk about your people, that you don't actually say your friends that much in the in the book, because your people may not be friends. They may be like right. acquaintances or coworkers mm-hmm. or colleagues, right? Right. But let's talk about friends specifically, because, you know, we touched about this a little bit up front in this episode, that we're missing some of the ways that we make friends or connect mm-hmm. with friends or stay in touch with friends. And I think it's hard for adults and especially parents to make friends anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as parents, we often and end up just having like the the school parent friends, yeah. you know, like the people that drop, you know, so it's more like circumstantial, right. like, well, because I see them in the neighborhood and I see them every day. So we get a cup of coffee and then like the chips are down, the pandemic hits and I'm like, eh, I don't really need to give that person my time. No offense to any neighborhood people <laughs> listening right now. I love all of you. It's not about you. What would you say is your advice on how to best make friends and 
how has that changed since the pandemic? So I think some things have changed, some haven't. Obviously, the actual making friends part is a lot more difficult because my advice is like, you know, go to places where your friends might be. Like, you know, <laughs> so like take a class or go to the same workout studio all the time. Like those are things that are really off limits right now. But I do think you can do some of the work, which I think is worth doing in advance. And you can do that now, which is like thinking about what you're looking for in friends and also thinking about what you have to mm. offer. So, you know, it's easy to say like, I want more friends, but it's like, okay, do you want a best friend? Do you want somebody to grab coffee with? Do you want more local friends? Cause your friends have all moved away. Like what specifically are you looking for in a friend? Cause that right there can help you kind of identify who you're connecting with, who has potential when you meet somebody new, let's say. And then also think about what you have to offer. So if you're really stretched thin already and you're, you know, super busy at work or with your family, you might not have as much to give as somebody might be looking for. So if you get the sense that they are looking for a best friend or somebody to go out and do stuff with all the time and you know that you don't have that in you, it doesn't mean you can't, you know, connect with them and, and chat with them and get to know them. But it also helps you think like, okay, is this person who I should be investing my time in right now? Or do I want to like keep it a little more surface level so that I'm staying open to meeting other people? So I think it helps to be really, really intentional in your approach and make sure that you have what it takes to look for friends. Because looking for friends, I think is kind of like dating. Like it takes a lot of time mm -hmm, and energy. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. if you don't have it, you don't have it and that's fine. But if you're feeling like, oh, why can't I make friends? And it's like, well, because you have 16 other things going on, like you can, it's helpful to realize that instead of beating yourself up for not doing a better job. I love the idea of looking at what you have to offer because I don't feel like a lot of people do that. I don't know about you, Liz, but I, I sort of, I often think about like what other people need. I don't know. I don't know if that just <laughs> is like a woman in America or if that's just like what I, my own people pleaser situation that I have to work on myself. But I always think of, well, they, they really, this clearly they need someone to talk to. Like they need, they need the deep shallow friend. Like they need to like go through every aspect of their day. But I like this idea of looking at yourself and being able to decipher like what you can offer them. Like, are there ways that we can have that kind of conversation? Like those awkward, it's kind of awkward, right? Like, I, I don't know. Do you, like, right. you don't want to ghost people. That's not cool. But do you have any advice in terms of how then we voice our needs or what we can offer in a way that doesn't hurt the feelings of other people or at least allows us to be clear and not, you know, like cut off what could be a great acquaintance? or someone that we just get coffee with every now and then? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard and it depends on the person and it depends on you and what you're comfortable with. But I think figuring out a way to be kind and honest and make it about you because it ultimately is about you. So if you're getting the sense that somebody, you know, if they're texting you every day and you're just, it feels like too much or you're just not a big text person, there might be a way to say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't usually respond to your texts. Like I'm just not on my phone very much during the day, but like I'd love to grab coffee once a week and catch up. So in that case, you're communicating like, this isn't working, but here's what mm -hmm. I want. Um, if it's something more like, you know, they're constantly asking you to hang out and you're not feeling that, you could say something kind of similar. Like, you know, you often ask me to hang out. I feel bad declining your invitations all the time. But like right now, I just don't feel like I have the time or the bandwidth to do coffee every single morning, it, you know, and kind of communicate like it's not you. It's just kind of where I am. So that like sort of gently tells them that like they might be barking up the wrong tree. But you can also in that conversation if there's something else to offer like I'd love to still do X or it would be great to do Y with you like try that and see how they respond to it if people respond badly to that like that's probably a sign that it wasn't a great mm -hmm. match and so again I think it's a lot like dating where 
sometimes you can drop off and that's fine. But like, be honest with yourself if it would be kinder and easier to just kind of clearly communicate. This isn't totally fitting. Well, you know, what's interesting is like, I feel like it's been easier. Like you talked about politics and people who suddenly came out of the woodwork and you're like, bye, Felicia. Like you can get, Mm -hmm. you can, because you're not seeing them. (laughs) But I think we all now have to think about, oh crap, like I'm going to see these people now. Like, (laughs) like I can't just do like sort of like unfriend and you know Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to deal with them and I'm thinking specifically about like their parents that I'm gonna run into that I haven't seen in a year that I've been able to duck from so I think it's great to like think about these things especially now because again it's not just our kids that are gonna be transitioning back like we're gonna be transitioning back whether we're going back to the office you know like there's a whole lot happening where we're gonna be seeing those people I'm like thinking of all the awkward Mm -hmm. situations right now (laughs) but I I really love the suggestion to be specific about what you need or what you're able to give right Mm -hmm. now because that's what I struggle with a lot. Like you'll meet somebody and they seem really nice and they're like, we should get coffee sometime and you're like, great. So now that's hanging on you, right? Like Mm -hmm. when is the sometime? What's going to happen? And then they text you a week later and go, how about that coffee? And you're like, oh, I really can't this week, but like I hope we can do it soon. And then in a week later, they're like, hey, how about the (laughs) coffee? And so I think I tend to keep things open because I'm well-intended. Like I want to do it, but I also know I'm overwhelmed or I can't handle it right now or I'm just not up for seeing people, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I just also really like the reminder that it's okay to kind of close that loop a little or say, listen, Mm -hmm. let's talk in three months or, you know, I do want to get coffee, but I'm just not comfortable seeing people outside my family right now or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like the reminder to name it like you were saying specifically and to mm-hmm. act on that so that it's not one more guilt thing, yes. one more thing hanging over your head <laughs> where you're you're putting yourself last because you're like oh I don't want to hurt these person's feelings the truth mm-hmm. is they you know if they're a good person like you're saying Kristen they'll probably understand yeah, hopefully. yeah and no one wants to hang out with somebody who doesn't want to hang out with right. them and they don't want to keep asking you because uh, you know every time you say no they're going to start to feel like oh do they not really mm-hmm. like me is this you know what did I do wrong and it's so much better if you can just communicate hey like it's not you, it's me. And like, it relieves them from the feeling like they're dragging you into a coffee. Like no one wants to do that. So it's, it's kinder to just be really clear that like, Hey, you know, I love to get to know you better, but I'm feeling super overwhelmed right now with a bunch of other stuff in my life. And I promised myself that I would just kind of hunker down for the next couple months before I start doing too much socializing. Like, I think most people will Mm -hmm. get that and also will be relieved to hear it because then they realize, oh, that's the thing I can say sometime if I ever need to. Like you're demonstrating how friendships can work. And I think that's also really valuable to give other people permission to do the same. And I think another thing we're hearing a lot about now is social anxiety that people had it before are having it extremely now. Mm -hmm. Like I have it to some degree. And so I've lost some of my coping mechanisms because I can just stay home. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff is like front and center. And I've had friends who say to me, listen, I, I want to see you, but I've got to admit I have like social anxiety and sometimes I just can't do it. And it mm-hmm. was so helpful for them to just come out and say it so that I knew like it wasn't me. They weren't blowing me off. They're just struggling with their own stuff right now. And so I, I think a lot of us are going to have to do some of that, like tell some of our friends what we're feeling, but mm-hmm. also we're going to have to accept that maybe there are people in our lives who have made some like, you know, changes psychologically over the last year that we're going to have to accept and and work through. Yeah, I think that's a really good reminder. I think I'm starting to think about have I changed and how have I changed and also how are my friends different and what's going to be different. But I think the more that we can just talk about that. And I actually feel pretty hopeful because I feel like in the past year, I'm seeing everyone be a lot more honest, a lot more vulnerable, a lot more direct. But I actually do think it might be 
easier than we're all thinking it is. So I hope that is the case. I hope that people are, I don't know, when you live through a pandemic, when like the threat of doing the smallest tasks is that you could die, which is so intense. Like it puts things in perspective and it makes it easier to just like say, you know what, in these circumstances, this is what's going on with me or here's what I need. It's sort of like the definition of a crisis or an emergency. And so I, I hope that we remember that like, just because there are vaccines, that aspect of it isn't over. Like you might still need things or you might still have to say like, I, I just can't right now. And I hope that we've like built up that willingness to have more uncomfortable conversations or I don't want to call it conflict because that is too, like, I don't think it's that bad, but I think like people are a little bit more willing to have difficult conversations now. I appreciate that. And I just love all the tips in mm -hmm. the books. There's kind of like worksheets and really helpful, like bullet points and questions to ask yourself. Like it's very, it's just a great guide. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. love it. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, we know everyone can find the book, The Art of Showing Up, How to Be There for Yourself and Your People, anywhere books are sold. They can find you on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore R E-W-M, and of course, advice, but your blog... Mm -hmm justgoodshit.com. That's like our long lost cousin, Rachel, because our site was originally coolmomshit.com. I love that. Wow. Just good shit. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to say what the thing is. And for me, I'm like, that's yeah. what it is. That It's just yeah. good shit. Like, it's cool, yeah, it's mom, cool shit. mom shit. There's no other shit. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's what that's it. So awesome. And we're so glad. Of course, we will link up your book and where people can find you and everything we spoke about on our podcast page on Cool Mom Picks, not Cool Mom Shit anymore. And now it's Do we time still have that URL? What? What'd you say? <laughs> yes, we still own it. Do we still have that URL? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Rachel, you're our guest, so you get to go first. Okay, my cool pick of the week is Drag Race UK, which is on WOW Presents Plus. So it's a little bit harder to find. It's off the beaten path. Um, but it is basically, if you've watched RuPaul's yes. Drag Race, this is the second season of the UK edition. And it is so delightful. It's so fun. It has this like kind of madcap energy that is just a joy right now. It's so exuberant. And um, I'm a fan of the original, but there's something about this season. And I've heard this from a lot of other fans too, that is just like really special. So so um, I highly recommend it. Drag Race UK. Ugh, excellent. I know, fans. Kristen, your daughter's a big oh, fan. Oh, yeah. And my son race. and all of my children. We're all big excellent. Drag Race fans. So we're going to have to add that to the list. <laughs> what about you, Liz? What's your cool pick? Okay, so lately, here's what's making me crazy. <laughs> Text spam. <laughs> Text spam is making me crazy. So speaking of saying no and what you can handle. Not, not just like, hey, donate to this candidate, which, you know, I get a zillion of those. That is not spam. That's just, you know, marketing. But actual spam. So here's what I realized a lot of people don't know. This is a good, like, Outtech Your Kids episode, Kristen. Maybe we should do a whole thing on this. <laughs> but you can actually, if you get spam that's like, hey, click on this totally suspicious link and get a free year of whatever, <laughs> what you can do is copy that message. Don't click on it. Copy it and just text SPAM, S-P-A-M, so 7726. Whatever your provider is, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, copy that, paste it in, text it to 7726, and it'll be like, thank you for reporting spam. Can you please give us the number it came from so we can track it down? And you give them the number, and then that's it. You block the call. You, like, delete it from your text. You don't have to deal with it anymore. And now you're like, here, AT&T, your problem now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't that good? That is a cool 
tech pick of the week. Awesome. Yes. I love it. Well, my cool pick, I can't believe I'm saying this, but of course, like, I feel like I've said that about a thousand times in the last year. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, my cool pick of the <laughs> week is my new community gardening plot. Yes, I actually scored a Woo! plot at my community garden. I'm very excited about this. I don't know what happened to me. It was the pandemic. It's like, I'm almost 45, like, but I'm super excited about growing my own vegetables. I feel like it's a rite of passage and I am there. I love that you said growing <laughs> vegetables is the new... Sour um, making your own sourdough. <laughs> it is. Everyone's like, forget baking bread. Now we're growing our own eggplant. So, and you know, I watched, you know, Minari. I'm like super inspired. So I have a gardening plot. I'm really excited about it. And it turns out we're actually working with a great sponsor called The Great Courses Plus. And we decided to put together this thing called the We Time Project to basically, you know, kind of on point with what you're talking about, Rachel, is the way to like show up for our community and our friends and do something together so we have something to talk about, right? Not that like, you know, binge watching Bridgerton isn't great, but like we're actually going to learn something. So we're taking a food gardening course, which is really fun. Kristen and I, we're taking it together. Yeah, we're taking it together. <laughs> we're going to take a food gardening course and then we're going, we're encouraging our community so like folks out there can join us. And the Great Courses Plus is offering a free month trial, which is amazing because they've got like over 13,000 courses on there. So food gardening isn't your thing. You can like take Italian or you can learn how to draw, all those things. So anyway, Hopefully, folks will join us. It'll be really fun. It's like Spawned Live. Yes, we'll go on Facebook and talk yeah. about it together. Yeah. So we're like, we're really <laughs> trying really to show up for our community in that way. So anyway, yay for my new gardening plot. I'm totally going Asian heritage on this, Liz, by the way. Like, I was inspired by Minari, yeah. and my mom is Chinese, and I am actually going to grow Asian things. <gasps> I'm so excited. And yeah. here I am. I was I'm just like, like, I just want some mint to grow so I can make mojitos. Yes. That's it. Actually, and well, you can't grow mint at the gardening plot because it is so aggressive. Yeah, so, it's so weedy. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I know. I'm getting all these tips about mint from people on my social feeds. And I'm like, look, I have a, a windowsill in Brooklyn. It's not in any danger of reaching any roots in the ground four stories right. down. Well, I'm okay. it's not like, well, it's like kudzu, right? Like I lived in the South. So I know, like, you're not going to be like overtaken by your mint. I'm going to come over one day and you're going to be like wrapped up in a thing of mint. Anyway, so that's my cool pick. And of course, we will link everything up over on our Cool Mom Picks podcast page. Rachel, thank you so so much for being here. So glad you could make it and congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a delightful conversation that has me very excited about summer friendships. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, Rachel Miller, and of course to our engineer, John Bowen. And hey, if you've got a moment and can leave us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate your time and your support by doing that and also by subscribing to Spawn and downloading our episodes to listen to them whenever and wherever you are. It helps other listeners like you find us and we are so grateful for that. You can also join us in our Spawned podcast community on Facebook where we chat about the show topics and pretty much anything else you would like to talk about. So head over to Facebook and join us there. And don't forget, we also have another, we actually have more than one Facebook community. We've got Recipe Rescue and OutTech Your Kids, which is also another podcast where in 15 minutes or less, we answer your burning tech questions. So make sure you subscribe and join us on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.